When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Are you ready for some scolding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Misutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, joined today by our good friend Bobby Belt. He hosts the Love of the Star podcast. It's a Dallas Cowboys podcast. It's a brother podcast for Odyssey. Uh, we cover the Vikings. He covers the Cowboys. And those two teams are going to clash on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. I was kind of hoping the game would get flexed. I know the, the rules of, of flexing. It was one of the candidates. Uh, they flexed Chiefs Chargers last week. Uh, meaning we knew going into last week that the Vikings and the Cowboys were going to play at 3.30 um, in Minneapolis. But, man, this would have been a fun primetime game, man. Yeah, especially because, you know, uh, Dallas, uh, they very – I don't think they'll get flexed out here in a couple weeks, but they've got the Colts coming up, Mm -hmm. which doesn't seem like a totally sexy matchup for December football. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a little disappointing, um, especially because, I mean, they've, they've played some entertaining games in, in yeah. recent history. Um, in fact, I think, uh, you know, Dallas has had a lot of success going to Minnesota. I think they've won the last three going out there. Um, right. and, and all three of those games were, have been really close, have been really tight. Um, the last two of them, they've been without Dak Prescott. I mean, Dak Prescott hasn't played there since his rookie year. Cause he's been hurt the last two times. Um, but yeah, this I think this will still be a a a really entertaining, fun game, um, and, and I think that it's too. As much as we talk about the NFC being kind of watered down right now and and, and a little average, I do think these are two of the more just raw, talented teams in the NFC right now. I, I think these are the two teams that that totally. probably have have some of the better players across the board at every position. So. Um, in that sense, I think it'll be a, a really good matchup. I'm stunned Dallas is a favorite, to be honest, um, uh, just because, you know, I, I think that Minnesota has, is going to present a lot of challenges for the way that uh, Dallas likes to play the game. For sure. Side note about that last time they were in Minnesota. That was Halloween night, if I remember correctly, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, Cooper that was Rush. the uh, Cooper Rush start, yep. Okay. Cooper Rush, his wife, I actually went to high school with her. <laughs> So you? yeah, so I, me and her were like, you know, like high school, like acquaintances, friends, whatever. Like we ran. In oh, I, thought, I thought you were going to say high school sweethearts. I was we were not. Oh, don't no. let Cooper hear that. No, but I'm sitting down at my girlfriend's house watching the Halloween game last year. And I keep freaking out. I'm like, I know that girl. I know that girl. And because they keep showing her and she's like, well, did you date her or something? I was like, oh, no, we just had like a few classes together. You could have said yes. Nobody would have. <laughs> nobody would have. Nobody would have said anything. But it is it's just funny to watch kind of like her on, on that screen, but he, he was such a cool story this year. Um, yeah. Before we get into kind of like this game, like what, what, what did you make of Cooper rush? Like, did he like earn himself like backup quarterback for life standard with, with what he was able to do? Um, I know there was talk of like, should he start over Dak? And that was kind of like the hot takey thing from like a national perspective. Like, no, the answer is like, yeah, that was never going to happen. Um, but I mean, he's got to be among the, 
the top backups in the league that you could have coming in to, to fill in for you, right? Yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, he can, uh, they, I'll give Kellen more credit for this. Uh, and you guys have seen it uh, in Minnesota right, two years exactly. in a row. Yep, Kellen Moore does a really good job of tailoring the offense down when they go to backups. Gotcha. Um, they, they've had success with Andy Dalton, uh, Cooper Rush. Uh, I mean, honestly, <clears throat> I joke about it a little bit, but I'm kind of serious. The best like offensive coordinator job I've ever seen from Kellen Moore was when they scored nine points against Philadelphia with Ben DiNucci <laughs> in just an ugly football game. But like... It, they should have scored nothing. They should have picked up like 12 yards that game. And and he manufactured some offense for him. And so um, I, I think that what you saw in large part with Cooper Rush was Kellen Moore knowing how to fit the offense to his strengths, take advantage of that, not ask him to do too much. I mean, he completed 10 passes against the Rams when they yeah. went to LA and won. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I think he's, he, he's great to get you by. And I think that he can function within certain bounds. I think when you see games like the Philly game, where it feels like if you have Dak Prescott in that game, I don't think you lose. Yep. Like, like that's a game where you lose because of the quarterback. And yep. so um, I, I, I think he's, he's incredibly solid. Um, and and I, I wouldn't want him starting for a full season, but as a, a backup to get you by, yeah, I, I think that he's, he's very capable, um, smart guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, and one of the things you heard from a lot of the, his teammates was he's just very level. He doesn't get shaken by having to step in. And, and that transfers, I think, to the rest of the team when they go, OK, if he's not worried, I'm not going to be worried. And so uh, a lot of confidence in him from from the locker room. For sure. Yeah. And it's something I guess like can't be overstated, like to have a competent backup. Like the Vikings didn't have one in, in training camp. They had Kellen Mond, who for all intents and purposes, will never play a down in the NFL. Um, yeah. And they went out and acquired Nick Mullins because they were like, if Kirk went down, we need to be able to, if Kirk goes down for a month, we need to be able to realistically win two games. And Dak went down for what was it? Six weeks or so. Yeah. They played five games without him. And the fact that Cooper rush was able to keep their head above water, like essentially in a way saves their season. So it's like a thing with backups in the, in the league. Like if you have one, it's great. If you don't, you're in trouble. Yeah. But that's the key to this offense, right? Like or who, who, in your opinion, is the key? You give them the, the car. Who, who makes this offense go? I mean, it's Dak. If Dak struggles, they lose. Yep. If Dak plays well, they win. Like, like that's generally how it goes. Um, and it's interesting. He's he's hit this this weird spot. Second half of last year was very interesting. First half of last year, remember, he was talking about him like he was one of the top MVP candidates of the mm -hmm. NFL. Yep. And was playing some of the best ball we've seen him play in his life. Um, and then he has that calf strain and I just, he came back and he didn't look right. Um, the rest of the year. And I think that there was a little bit of, he was in his head a little bit about the injuries. Um, and you know, because he had broken his ankle, obviously before started training camp, he had the shoulder strain, then he has the calf strain. And I think he felt like I can't afford to get hit. And, and the offensive line was having trouble protecting. And so I think it just, it, it caused for, for some jumpiness with him that's not normally there but when he's on uh he's he's very good it, it can just it can be inconsistent sometimes it was inconsistent last week against green bay where you'd see him on one drive and go what the hell are you doing and then you'd see him on another drive and go like wow that looks like a pro bowl quarterback and so yeah. i think it's mainly he goes as uh, or the offense goes as he goes but you know cd lamb had said before the season 
and and, and he's trying to take on more a a, a more vocal role and a, and a, a a stronger presence as the number one receiver. And he said, I feel like if I don't get going, this offense isn't going to get going. And that was the case last week during regulation. He had 10 catches for, I think, 134 yards. Mm -hmm. And he had all 10 of those catches and all 134 of those yards on their four scoring drives. And so basically, when C.D. Lamb caught a ball, they scored on that drive. When he didn't catch a ball, they didn't score. And so you can make an argument very, very easily that that Lamb helps them go that way. But, um, you know, they've leaned a lot on the running game this year. But I think at the end of the day, it's still going to come down to specifically that Dak and C.D. Lamb connection. Yeah. I'll be curious how that works this weekend because the Vikings are a team that give up a ton of yards. Their defense gives up a ton of yards, but they're somehow able to, and this doesn't feel sustainable, like turnover luck, turnovers, the way the Vikings have been able to force them. Yes. You put teams in vulnerable positions. You're going to force turnovers, but the rate at which they're doing it, it feels unsustainable. So they, they're going to give up a ton of yards and their hope is like, hold them to a field goal or force a turnover. So I think CD lamb should be able to eat this week. I think Dak Prescott should be able to eat this week with Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott. Like one, do you think Zeke will play Two, Do you think Zeke should be the starter? Like where does that kind of conversation play out in Dallas where you guys are kind of in this echo chamber every day? Cause from an outsider's perspective, a fantasy football perspective, it's like, oh, Tony Pollard, he every time yeah. he touches the ball, it's like he he's averaging five, six yards a carry. I think it's probably a little more nuanced than that. What's your take from from being there every day? Yeah, I mean, a long time the argument has been that uh Dak or, or that Pollard just can't pass protect. Okay. And so if you if you want to push the ball down the field in the passing game, you can't have Tony Pollard in there. Um and and so that was been has been the line for a long time. But look, Zeke is not quite what he was in pass protection anymore um he's still solid at it but he's not quite what he used to be Pollard has gotten better he's not great but he's not a black hole anymore um and and so I think that there's there's a definite feeling that nobody Mm -hmm. wants it to just be Tony Pollard your bell cow and nothing for Zeke I, I think they they just want the roles flipped where it's more like if Zeke's getting 17 carries and Pollard's getting 12 they'd rather see it as flipped to Pollard 17 and Zeke 12. Gotcha. Um, in fact, I, I looked it up this week. I was curious this season how they've done. So when it's uh, Pollard and Zeke on the field together, they average 2.9 net yards per play, which is awful. When it's just Zeke, they average five net yards per play. When it's Pollard, it's 5.9 net yards per play. And so the offense just runs much more efficiently when it's Tony Pollard. And that's mm-hmm. the passing game and the running mm-hmm. game. Both of them run more efficiently when you've got Tony Pollard in there on his own rather than splitting like with both of them in there, their pony package or just Zeke. Um, So I I get why they want Zeke in there though. They feel like Zeke's the way he runs with power and and the punishing way that he runs. They feel that wears defenses down. They like him in pass protection. They feel like he gives juice to the rest of the team. He's an emotional leader. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think those are big things for them. I do think he's going to play this week. Okay. Um, it was iffy last week, but we were still feeling like it was going to happen until around Saturday. Um, and and so they, I think they felt like, look, we have two games close together because we've got the Vikings game. Then we've got a few days later Thanksgiving against yep. the Giants. Yep. And we we just can't we can't risk him not coming back 100% against Green Bay, aggravating something. And then we've got two close games back to back where we're not going to have him. So I think they just, they, they erred on the side of caution, wanted to get him 100% right. And so this week, I, I think he'll be back. 
um, because they, they really needed him to just rest up and get healthy for this tight game here, this tight window of games here. For sure. Bobby wanted to ask about Michael Parsons. Um, yes. Best player. He's best really defensive good. player in the league for me, like could be, you could make an argument. He is the best player in the league. Not that's not a quarterback. Like that dude's a freak. Like yeah. what's it like to watch him every day? What's it like to cover him and just kind of see the Swiss army knife that he is that can be used everywhere on the field. He is, he's very, very impressed. I mean, he's an athletic freak. His, uh, you know, I know a lot of people said he was raw coming out and, and he was in a lot of ways, but his natural instincts are incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, like he just, he has a sense of where things are going. Um, and, and a lack of instincts can, can kill you in this league. There, there've been many talented players, <laughs> especially on the defensive side of the ball who didn't have instincts and they couldn't make it. And so, uh, I mean, he's obviously freakishly talented. He's 6'3", 245, and can run as fast as Justin Fields. Um, you know, and and so that's that's a, a big help for you. What what we found is a lot of teams are, are trying to chip him now. Um, uh, a lot of teams are, are trying to to take him out of the game um, by by forcing him to play more of a traditional linebacker role with the running game, and it, it's been able to take him out of of pass rushing, which is is his biggest strength. But I, I mean, he can cover. Uh, he can play the run well. Last week was not great. He got lost in the trash a few times on some runs to the outside, but um, very good instincts, incredible athlete, uh, has become a really good student and really understands the defense, understands his assignments. Um, but he is absolutely just a, a, a joy to watch. Um, and, and just to see, there's usually a few times a game, whether it's pass rushing or not, where you just go, holy cow, yeah. like look at him there. And so, um, He's incredibly impressive, and uh, I, I think that they would love to slow down the running game a little bit moving forward so that they can get him back to pass rushing a little <clears> bit more because last week he had to play almost the entire game at linebacker. They didn't get that opportunity to pass rush with him. Sure. Could talk about this defense all day. I want to ask you one more, and then I'll ask for like an X factor of this game. Um, sure. Trayvon Diggs, will he shadow Justin Jefferson this weekend? Does he shadow, or will it, it, it be one side of the field, the other side of the field kind of thing? They pick and choose times where they have him shadow. Okay. Um, he he will he's done it against McLaurin. Um, I, I think he followed Jefferson a lot last year, mm-hmm. um, and, and and did well against him. Um, but but it, they they don't always do that. He'll occasionally just play a side. Um. A, when he is, a lot of times you see him playing the right side of the defense. So that's the left side of, of the offense. Yep. But um, he'll line up to the right side of the defense a lot. Um, that's why they've honestly been able to take advantage of, I think a lot of teams have been able to take advantage of runs to the edge. Because the, the the defensive ends have not been strong on the right side of the defense for them in stopping the run. Marcus Lawrence plays the other side. And then you've also got digs and support over there. And it's just, it's been really porous running to the outside there. Um, but I, I would anticipate that to some extent, yeah, he will travel. I don't think it'll necessarily be all game, um, but I think that you'll see him following a little bit more than he does, uh, you know, from a week to week basis. But he, you know, if he's in, you know, if they're in zone coverage, there's a good chance you'll just see him lining up on the right side. Uh, but it, whenever it's man to man, I think they will try to get him covered on Jefferson as much as possible. Sure. Bobby, is there an X factor, offense or defense, special teams, I guess, um, someone that we're not thinking about from like a 30,000-foot perspective, someone that you guys followed on the daily? Is there someone on offense, defense, or special teams that could 
come in and just kind of wreck this game for the Vikings, um, who would that player be to you? I think, see, it's so funny because, I mean, all the exposure the Cowboys get, I, I think there's, uh, I think everybody's oversaturated with them. There's not very many uh, anonymous players yeah. here in Dallas. <laughs> but, fair point. Um, you know, I, I think that if I was going to grab one from offense and defense, defensive side, what I could tell on the tape, it looks like there's been some struggles on the uh, the the interior of the offensive line pass protecting. Yes. And so uh, I think Oso Digizua, their, their three technique, he's uh, he's been able to take advantage of those sorts of matchups in the past. So he's somebody who I, I think could generate some pressure this week, uh, especially if he's on Ed Ingram. Um, and, and you've got on offense, I think the Cowboys believe they'll be able to take advantage of some stuff down the seam against Harrison Smith with their tight ends. Yep. And so, uh, I mean, that would be Dalton Schultz. And I know people know that name, but you know, they've got two rookie tight ends here who have been really strong for them. Jake Ferguson, uh, their fourth round pick out of Wisconsin. And then Peyton Hendershot, a guy who went undrafted out of Indiana. But, uh, those three guys have been really strong for the Cowboys this year. And, uh, so I, I would think the tight end group should be able to have some success on Sunday. And, and on the defensive side, I'd, I'd look for Oso Diggy Zuda possibly generate some pressure up the middle. Awesome. Bobby, that's all I got for you. You're going to be in Minnesota for the game on Sunday. I'll be there. I'll all be right. there Saturday. We will, uh, we'll get up there. We'll, maybe we'll share a meal in the press box, but we appreciate, we appreciate you stopping by to inside purple and gold guys. He hosts the love of the star podcast. Um, it's an odyssey brother podcast. They, they follow Dallas Cowboys. Uh, give them a follow too. We appreciate Bobby stopping by. Uh, we come back, we'll talk a little bit prop lines, player props, things like that. But, Bobby, we really appreciate your time and really looking forward to Sunday. Appreciate you.